Welcome to the Temple of Blah, Cryptic Offerings, episode two, where the guys from the Temple of Blair, which is myself and Jim. Sorry, I'm looking at Johnny's face, he's just fucking perplexed. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way he looks. <laughs> That's Jim, and um, we've already introduced Johnny from Uberock, and we've also got Justin from Uberock. Um, what we do is we all bring a band to this for, are we calling it a forum, arena, coliseum? What are we calling it? The altar. Yeah, it's got to be the altar. The altar, yeah. yes, the altar. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Bring them to the altar and we, we chat about bands that we've found that we don't think have enough press. So we try and boost them and maybe come to a consensus on who's the best, maybe come to a consensus on why they're all the best. We'll see where we go. Let's sack off that one because I think uh, if, if they're good enough for us... To all bring to the table, then it's it's good enough for everyone. Right, okay, okay, we just yeah. we, we nice. trust each other's judgment, then, right? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to say something before we start. I don't it, care. I, I think all you three like talked amongst yourselves when choosing these bands because all three bands that you chosen, you could put them on a bill together and they'd all work. And then my band, <laughs> band where people are going, "Who the fuck are this lot?" that is interesting actually yeah that was that was my one thought i had this afternoon where do you want to start then um we'll start at the top of the list so we'll start with uh johnny and your offering that you bring to the altar excellent Uh, okay yes so i've i've bought um dekesis to the table today because I had a bit of a think about this, and I know how much that Raw hates prog metal. Um, then I thought, oh, I'll bring Takesis along, because then you've got the mixture of power metal and prog metal, because I know how much he loves the power metal. So we'll see see whether those two things combine, bring him back on side with the, with the old prog. But anyway, so <clears throat> Takesis, um, I feel like they've been around forever, um, although they haven't really broken out into into the big leagues yet. Um, I mean, we, we knew them, what, 10, well, over 10 years ago when they were practicing in, in the room above the, the Black Horse in Birmingham. Yeah, this is it. I've been aware of the cases for ages, but I don't think I've actually properly sat down and listened to them until today. Until now. There you go. <laughs> um, so the cases went through a pretty big change in lineup. Um, would have been around about 10 years ago. Um, everything with the keys ev- everything was about 10 years ago but yeah I think it was about 10 years ago um, so their frontman Wayne uh, left the band and that was when Gemma who was doing backing vocals took over um, as lead vocals I remember at the time um, there was a lot of people saying that that was it now the keys were, were done we'll sack them off um, but for me though I think that's where they really started to come into their own so they brought out the new dawn in 2016 um, which is the first album in that that incarnation that we know today um so i would consider it almost like a, a second debut album for them um, so i've included the great insurrection um in my section tracks for today because i think that's a really good representative track of that album and is a fantastic one to see live as well <clears throat> but then um yeah that was that was a good good album and then fractures came out last year which i think is a fantastic album so they really built on what they had in the new dawn um, and just really got comfortable and really settled into the sound that they've developed. Um, they've got this really sort of bombastic, epic, um, sort of 
feel to them. Uh, I, I think they're quite similar to the ancient bards, if any of you or if anyone listening has ever listened to those, um, to the point where I was quite lucky to see them both share the stage at the Power Metal Quest Fest back in 2019. Gigs were a thing. Yeah, I remember those days. Um, so, yeah, so from Fractures, I picked you know, parts one and two of uh, End of Time uh, because that's just a great start to that album. Obviously, you've got the obligatory in- instrumental introduction first, which I haven't included, but End of Time, it's a great start. Uh, and then I've got Kairos as well, which um, is probably my favourite song on that album. It's uh, it's quite motivational. You know, it's got the line, you know, that there's there's more to this existence than the, the path of least resistance. That's the thing I was trying to remember. There you go. That's the thing I was trying to remember. <laughs> the car going, yes, yes, I like this. Yeah, I think that's what really sold it, was, was just that, that line. Um, it comes up quite a few times, but yeah really fucking did it for me um but a little bit about like the Kesis on the side as well you've got obviously the main band they do have an alter ego as well uh where they perform as women of war which is an yes, all-female tribute to, to man of war um who we did see at bloodstock back when bloodstock was a thing um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i was yeah, lucky enough to win a signed man of war uh, album by looking the most man of war in a pair of leather hot pants and smothering myself in baby oil. And smothering most of the audience in baby oil by the Absolutely. time we finished with the baby oil. I was one slippery customer by the time that was finished. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the easiest anyone's ever got to the front of a gig by the combination of baby oil and people going, get yeah. the fuck out of my way, to fucking don't touch oh, yeah. Just fucking straight through to the front, no messing around. <laughs> Um, as I mentioned as well, Power Metal Quest Fest, uh, that's essentially their baby as well. Um, that's a, an annual power metal festival held in Birmingham. Uh, they were also very active in the Birmingham Rock School as well. So um, teaching kids how to play various instruments, things like that. So they do a lot of good work um, as well as producing good albums. So that's exactly why I brought them along today. Cool. I will, I will go first on this, seeing as I've been invoked many, many times in this and you've brought them to try and appease me. And and it worked, because I was listening to them kind of going, you know, you know what this is? You know what this is? This is Glory Hammer with a last singing, and, and I like that. So, but, but being a bit more serious than singing about, you know, laser unicorns and shit. But, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it works. I mean, with Soma's Women of War, I'm like, she's got a damn good voice on her. Hera singing in the Kisis, I'm like, she's got a damn good voice on her. The the keyboardy bits are good. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just decent power metal with a little bit of a spin on it, but the spin isn't, ooh, look at us, we've got a last singing for us. It's like, no, she's a good singer, and it's a good band that don't need a gimmick. But it just turns out they've got two sort of don't want to say female singers in power metal like gimmicky, but you know what I mean. It's not in this instance. It can be in some, but it's not in this. <laughs> so I think yeah, like Gemma does have an absolutely fantastic voice. I think that's that's a big selling point. Hey, to me, you said it was um, well, Glory Ammo with a, a last singer. I thought it was Rhapsody without Christopher Lee. <laughs> that was my point of reference but no I quite enjoy it just for that reason really because I'm not too I'm not too savvy on my power metal but I do okay. like a bit of guitar wankery because it's a different that's a subcategory in its own um, and some of the production fuck off Dave but some of the production stuff I really enjoyed as well like you can, they really made good use of the ride symbol I fucking love it when there's it's a dedicated it's a dedicated syncopated part that's going to the ride symbol and I got a fair bit of that what's the track I got that on I might have been surrender your fears. 
But you just going ling kink 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 it's like yes. It was weird for me because I could appreciate that every one of them was good at what they were doing. The sum of it didn't quite kind of fit for me. It's I like theatrical stuff. I like symphonic stuff, which I got from the songs and some of the other ones I listened to by the Kisses. Uh, I love female vocals compared to rock and metal stuff because it's that kind of juxtaposition between the two, which I think I said last time for my previous pick. Mm. Just kind of really works my head of kind of setting each other off without kind of grating. Mm. So they're all really, really good at what they do. But uh, I have a very similar problem with Rival Sons. Mm. I can see individually they're all really good at what they do. But it's something about the kind of whole of it that just doesn't quite do it for me. And it's nothing against any of them in any way. The production's great. Looking at every individual aspect, it's fine. It's just something about the whole that doesn't work in my head. Does does Greta Van Fleet do Rival Sons better than Rival Sons? <laughs> well, they do Led Zeppelin better than Rival Sons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't mind Greta Van Fleet, but I'm not as fussed on them either. Not as much as I thought it would be, considering what I kind of heard about them before they did. <clears throat> yeah, they got chops. Anyway, it's not bad. <laughs> <is> it? <laughs> so, Jim, you picked up on production there. Like, did you notice like the big step change from? The, the track from the new dawn up into fractures because yeah. that was that was a massive difference i thought i, I didn't know and um and and the fucking um the new dawn album art looks like faith plus one <laughs> <laughs> familiar with that reference oh dear there's a point I, there's a point i was going to make on my choice as well about production step-ups um I guess it's just one of those things. Where it's interesting because on my choice, I, I, I'm going to talk a bit about development and how craftsman, the, the song crafting sort of moves a little bit forward. But with these guys, it looks like they're just having a lot of fun all mm-hmm. the way through. There's not so much attention being paid to, oh, we need to, you know, less is more. We need to make this catchy. We need to make this something else. It's like, nah, it's just pure fucking guitar wankery and I'm all Yeah, they, they know what they want to do. They go out there and do it, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the yeah. builder, the a little mini empire in the Birmingham rock scene about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do my um, my assessment of um, merch. Oh, merch assessment. <laughs> is is the is the logo um, minimalist? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've got it here somewhere. Well, well I'll tell you what, Jim. While you're oh, on no. merch assessing, Justin, do you wanna do you wanna do yours? Because I'm yeah. doing them in order that they're on the playlist. Because yeah. that's the order that people got the shit sorted, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the band I've brought in are Ala Hakbar, which are not as they may initially sound. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't. Um, they're basically like a young version of Accept, in my opinion. They're very much kind of balls out, rock and roll, party, have fun fuck responsibilities and anything like that. Uh, they've got a really, really cheesy video. Like of the, I put six in instead of five, but cheated slightly because it was four songs I felt had to be in off the first album I heard. And then I included one off each of the other two albums. So the Play It Fucking Loud album, which is the one I heard first, is... But, it, it's just absolutely... it Not exactly kids. I'd, I'd say looking at the video, probably late teens at the time, having fun, 
I'm not giving a fuck. No budget for the video whatsoever. Just going, enjoying themselves and making fucking music. And for me, that's what rock and roll's about. I, I the other, didn't vibe. So yeah, it's two other little bits that I nearly missed out. Uh, I, <laughs> com- comedy Motorhead. <laughs> because yeah. they don't they don't take themselves seriously as you if you've seen the video for Play It Fucking Loud, they definitely do not take themselves seriously. <laughs> Just all so kind of tongue in cheek fun but no frills bollocks. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. No, I was gonna I was gonna say um what do they have any more background? Like are they like members of other bands and stuff like uh, that? That are found no, but they're not like even in Germany, they're not particularly well known as far as I've been able to find. So because I, because in terms of like you're right about earlier, except it's kind of like imagine if um, like ACDC were writing High Voltage and then they got stuck in Groundhog Day for the last fucking five songs. That's what it sounds like. It's just sort of like self-referential heavy metal songs. And it's mm-hmm. I got I found that difficult to vibe with, but at the same time though, it sounds really fucking sick. So I was like, well, these cl- they've clearly got some sort of chops. And have clearly been around, the, been on you know on the beat for a few years prior to this happening. So it's interesting that you say there were teenagers in that video because it doesn't it doesn't sound like these are teenagers. It sounds like these are pretty um, pretty fucking wised up young men in well, terms of rocking. The the four that are off the same album play it fucking loud, which I think is the first of the three albums that certainly right. that are found by them anyway. Uh, that's when they were youngest. That, that was right. the first album. And it, I've seen kind of later videos and a, a couple of live videos as well on YouTube. And you can tell that they've definitely aged since, uh, like a bit since then. But I think the band started in 2012-ish. Right, okay. Which is roughly when Play It Fucking Loud came out. Right. No fair news. So, so at, I mean, at the time, they would have been fairly fresh into it. Yeah. My idea of like Pi Mel and Pi Rock, I've been fucking spoiled by Andrew WK. <laughs> um, I kind of like, I don't know. It, it felt to me, it felt a little bit too on the nose for me. I think if I was going to go for like um, like that kind of Pi Rock, I would just go straight to Motorhead, or I just would go straight to Turbo Negro. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel, but the thing is though, maybe this is just like my failure of articulating my thoughts on music. But I don't feel like my time was wasted listening to him. So maybe that's a good point. Ali Hakbar, not a time waste. Jim Saxton. I sounded like a poppy chrome division. Ooh, child. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Okay. That's what I thought. And I thought, yeah, you could just stick these on an album and, like, you go to any house party or something like that, you put them on. Even if no one had heard of them, people wouldn't, like what Jim said, the time wouldn't be wasted, no one would blink. But I think a couple of people would turn around and go, who's this? This is pretty good. Can we have another one of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they set out to do, you know, yeah, we're going to write songs about beer and metal and party and why rock and roll is the best thing in the world and it's good for you. It's like, yeah, cool, bang it on, let's have a six-pack and just do it this shit. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's that track louder than your mom. That's yeah. what you say, the Americanism of it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's like, it's just that not giving a fuck, really juvenile humour, but it's doing it in, in quite a way that translates better than maybe a lot of German humour generally does, certainly kind of over here, I'd say. Yes. So I mean, we, have, we, have we found funny Germans? 
Maybe. No, 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 what? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jim, you haven't seen their logo yet, I assume. If you, uh, if you oh, dip onto their website and look at their splash page, and their fucking panty dropper logo is something to fucking behold. So they managed to they managed to get like the A into a, a woman dropping a pants. Just saw the look on Jim's face. I think that's a pretty good pretty good summary of uh, of them. I mean, I had them down as like municipal waste light. You know, they're not quite as he- not quite into that heaviness yet, but they got the same sort of real just beer drinking, hell raising sort of attitude, yeah. which which I really enjoyed. Uh, the vocals were an interesting one because, like, they reminded me of Beatallica. I don't know if any of you ever got around to mm. listening to them, like the Beatles Metallica mashup. No, it, it comes across almost like a Hetfield impression. <laughs> Very close uh, connection with Realm, a Roadrunner band. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I really enjoyed them. I thought they were great. Like, I could quite happily smash a load of beers with them on in a, in a bar. Like I can imagine their gigs would be fucking great. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure was it the play fucking now video, the one that was like in the desert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're just just getting pissed up, smashing up cars, and doing loads of stupid shit. Yeah, yeah. And and, and then the complete the completely shit reenactment of a battle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with yeah. LARP safe weaponry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's they it, it just strike me as something that you don't. I mean, pop pop rock would be the wrong way of describing it, I think. Pop metal, maybe? Yeah. If, if you kind of get me, they're, they're not taking themselves seriously and they're a lot mm. kind of lighter than, you know, say the lights of Motorhead. Yeah. It's just that... I, I just think there's something about it. I mean, John, Johnny actually phrased it quite well with the kind of municipal waste light because it is kind of like municipal waste playing Motorhead songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's great just to see a fucking return of hedonism back into metal music. Because uh, I think that's been starting to be lacking a little bit, which was pretty much how we survived through university. So yes. to get that back is, is pretty good. <laughs> Did we? Well, we we somehow got we scraped through. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're here now, isn't it? Maybe I like <laughs> maybe coming off um, the keys into Ali Hakbar is. Me, that's the wrong way to go about it. What with your gig that you planned without my band in it, yeah? <laughs> there might be reason for that, though. <laughs> Here we go. Right, well, um, if we're done talking about Ali Hagvar, I'll talk about my band then so we can get this out of the way. Um, so my band is a band called Leached, and they are from Manchester, I believe. And I've seen them twice, and I think there's three of them. Yes, there is three of them. And the thing about Leached is I have another Dave's gig tale about the Leached gig. Because me and the woman, we went to see him at a place called Temple of Boom in Leeds. And we walked into the main room where we've seen Anarchor and a couple of other bands before. Was it? No, it's just Anarchor I've seen there. Sorry, yeah. Seen Anarchor there twice. And uh, we walked in there, main room, nothing. I'm like, what, what, what the hell's this? So I go to the bar. I'm like, mate, is there a gig on here tonight? He's like, yeah. I'm like, where is it? And he goes, it's in the hot box. I'm like, where is that? He goes, it's down, down the corridor there. So we walk down this corridor that got like smaller and smaller and darker and darker as we got there, handed his tickets over into this room and we opened it up into a building site. Shit you not, there was like, the roof was like a tarp. There was like tarp on the walls. There was breeze blocks and everything. There's fucking leached on the stage. There's about 20, 
20, 50, I don't know how many people, but there was, it was a tiny area with seemed to be a lot of people in there. Gig kits off. Um, what leads do is in their gigs, they don't really move that much and they just have strobe lights going all the time, flashing at the band. So it's this tiny room, this kind of like, you know, big, noisy sound, people banging into the sound desk. I think I was pushing people to the side and trying to, you know, yeah, trying to stop people from dragging down the sound desk. It was a brutal, brutal, awesome, awesome gig. But they described the sound as like extreme hardcore, but I don't really see the hardcore influence to it. It's just these big, nasty riffs and this like dark feeling that you get. And like with a bit of, on the last album, there's like a bit of like electronic stuff, which adds to it, but it's just in the intros. It doesn't make part of the song. It just makes this really like doomy soundscape with them. Um, really jolly album titles such as uh, you know uh, you took the sun when you left and to dull the blades of your abuse so this this is why i think you've conspired with your party metal power gig and then I'm, and i'm bringing leads to it but yeah thoughts on thoughts on leads then guys well, you just gotta uh, bring the mood down haven't you dave oh, <laughs> that's why i'm here it's, it's weird because out of the three bands i didn't bring to this yeah they're the, they're the one that i have seen before Oh. And I enjoy live, but I hate listening to them sat at home. All right, okay. I, I love the energy that they have live. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. It's not hardcore as we might see. It's that kind of new metallic hardcore, which yeah. is... It can work uh, with some bands, and it don't, whereas these guys, fucking it does. Well, I, I kind of put it into a sentence how I would describe the kind of fan base. It's a kind of fan base that annoys me in the same way a Slayer fan can annoy me and an Iron Maiden fan can annoy me because they just go, <laughs> and that's all you get out of them in any way of conversation all this two sat there in an Iron Maiden shirt okay so so the sentence I put was the kind of band I could see late teens into early 20s men swigging their arms like they're the hardest fuckers ever yeah. when they would probably cry because they spill a drop of the water or a woman pushes them back or over because they tried to crowd kill her. Mm. Yeah. It is, right? I kind of get that. I kind of get that. There was, it, it was too dark to see at the gig I was at, so... <laughs> I, do, I do feel when you say it's... Um, listening to it on your own is kind of a difficult... Not difficult, I think it's exhausting, whereas seeing it in a live setting is a bit more of a, an appropriate setting. Yeah. It's interesting how this, this... You say they're identified as, like, hardcore... Yeah, yeah, on the web, it says somewhere, somewhere there's definitely the hardcore bit to it, but I think the one of them where they're, they're not going, we're a hardcore band. In my head, I was like, this is Diazepam Grindcore. Yes, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> start yeah. Grindcore and dial back as opposed to start a hardcore and push forward. It seems to make more sense in yeah. my sort of topography of metal. <laughs> and it, it's almost like metallic hardcore that uses a kind of like L.E.R.E.M. Pixies loud soft aspect. Yeah, it's that. That's why I kind of went for the metallic hardcore because you've got other bands um, like Malevolence from over in Sheffield who have that kind of hardcore following, and they play with a lot of the more kind of modern hardcore orientated bands and the metallic hardcore bands. But I would describe them as more of a metal band instead. Yeah, but, but then sorry, go on. <laughs> and you won't put Leech on at a hardcore gig, would you? Because they won't fit. Well, I actually would. I, <laughs> gen, genuinely, I, you know, I'd, I made enough money promoting when I was still doing it actively. I would actually put them on alongside the likes of Love, alongside the likes of Malevolence, for mm. 
that, that kind of hardcore band that has a heavy metallic element, that kind of jarring mm. noise aspect to it as well. Yeah. I say, well, you know, I thought that considering they are clearly quite brutal, they they still <laughs> manage to, to be somewhat accessible as well. Sort of um, in a similar way to how Gojira manage it, where they're like heavy as shit, but like certainly their latest stuff is a, a lot more accessible. But I don't know whether that's just because of, of when I was listening to it. But yeah, I I, I quite liked it. But I can imagine that it's definitely going to be something that you need to see live to really experience. Like, I, I think it is because I saw them at Damnation and went, "Oh, they were good." And then we saw they were playing Leeds again, where I was living, and I'm like, "Sweet, we'll go see them." And I think it was it's just a special place in my heart because of that, like just that band in that setting was like, yes. But then the icing on the cake afterwards was <coughs> to another little room in the Temple of Boom. And we thought, oh, we're already off his faces on rum and cokes. Let's stick his head in this little room and see what was happening. We were greeted by this room where there was five people in it and there was a band on stage. And that band was a giant fat 40 year old Belgian playing drums and a cello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mr. Mark Halley, and he's amazing. I was going to say, you, you like say you saw them at... Brilliant. With a cello. <laughs> so you say you saw them at Damnation. Does that mean I saw them at Damnation? Yeah, they're like really early on in the day. There was like Lick and then Leached or Leached and then Lick. Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. It's quite hazy, the, the Damnation trip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, never seen my clubs the night before and then got Damnation the day after kids. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, they're supporting uh, Venom Prism. In Leeds on the twentieth cool. of October. Is that a tour? Um, is it? I don't know. If, I don't know if they're just local support or they're on the, the full it's run. It's to my neck of the woods. But that's no fucking joke. If they're supporting Venom Prison, I mean they've definitely started to break out uh, back in the twenty nineteen. By the sounds of it. Hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if they can keep that momentum after the uh, forced um, mm. break that we've had recently. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I, I was just going to—I was just going to say exactly that. There's so many bands who are probably close to kind of pushing themselves in, into a bit more, not exactly commercial, maybe maybe better support slots. If that's a better way of phrasing it, just greater success, really, isn't it? Yeah, and. Uh, then all of a sudden to have that stored through zero faults of your own. It, it's interesting to see how bands are going to respond to that because obviously a lot of people have just kind of decided to just, okay, we'll, we'll go and do another album then because we're yep. going to be in lockdown until whenever or you know it's going to happen again or you know, whatever the kind of thought process at the time. And it's... I, I just see... I think too many of them have kind of rushed something out to try and stay relevant mm. and it'd be interesting to see where Leeds should actually go with this mm. 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 yeah, yeah it's, they're one of those bands where I think when you say moving into well first of all it'd be interesting to see if they can keep the momentum up after we've all said we don't want to listen to them outside of our bedroom like outside <laughs> of like a bedroom con- in, sorry inside like a bedroom context but it, I think in terms of like having moving into like the better supporters lots of you say i think the way i phrase it is like where do they find their ceiling or where do they find their niche because like we know it's not too conventional that they're gonna they're not gonna do a lot of headline things outside of their own sort of like sphere out of their own ecosystem and i think like a good example 
a, a good analogy for that is kind of your deathcore bands like Job for a Cowboy and, and Suicide Silence who are like their own thing in their own special way but they won't ever unless unless they are at a gig with Job for a Cowboy or Suicide Silence neither of them are going to headline mm. I think that's a similar kind of vibe you're getting from what I'm calling diazepam. <laughs> it's one of the more good things. I could see a couple of different audiences. I could see maybe some ground people taken to them as well. Yeah. Like, or maybe even like the proper heavy end of death metal, the kind of less mellow death kind of side of it. Mm. I could see them going into it. So I think it depends entirely who they can kind of jump into a, a tour yeah. with. Yeah. Like if if they could get a look with some of the more kind of extreme end of the death metal stuff, or maybe even some of the deathcore stuff, I could see. I said I could see them with the grind, possibly even on the noise circuit. Some of the noise circuit, which keeps on kind of having its own ebbs and flows separate as well. They're close enough to it that I think that they could kind of branch out slightly, depending where, where they want to go themselves with the sound. Yeah, if they went more new album where there's more of that like electronic intro stuff and ramped that up a bit, it'd definitely work on the noise circuit because that's the vibe you get at the gigs because, you know, tiny rooms, that sort of stuff. It's, the levels are properly. It's like, oh, shit, we've let the intro tape run on a bit longer. Let's just play anyway. And it's just this fucking yeah. noise. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. Leech then. And say, so, Jim, last, last one in this this gig of glory that we've put together here. <laughs> yeah. Bring us home, Jim. Oh, man. So Dream Troll, it was kind of lying in fruit for me because um, I've been incre- incredibly busy, but I always ch- I always shine a light on these guys because there's, there's some I just can't shake them for some reason. Um, so they were first introduced in probably like the first podcast, I think, Dave, weren't they? Something like that. Yes, yes, where I told the tale of my brutal assault at the hands of Dream Troll. Oh, yeah, these guys are the fugitives. They're like the bang out of order. So, David, yeah. you want to regale these guys with the tale? They probably already know, but for the benefit of the audience. I was at Bloodstock the year that Judas Priest were there because I had my Judas Priest on the leather biker cap thing and everything. And um, I'm stood there in the uh, new, new Blood tent, you know, minding my own business in a string vest and leggings with a pint, as you do. And uh, I'm, I'm stood there, and all of a sudden, I hear this guy going, Hey, mate, do you want a sticker? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, no worries, pal. And all of a sudden, I feel this slap on my head. I take off my hat and see that he slapped a dream troll sticker on my head and I haven't recovered from the trauma. It's not on. Actual actual bodily harm, man. I've still got the hat and the sticker as evidence if the police want to get involved and get fingerprints off it or some shit, you know. So, yeah. Uh, You you poor little flower. I know. Proving (laughs) it's all (laughs) it. So, these guys are... In a similar fashion, they're kind of like prog power metal-ish, and it's difficult because they identify themselves as like new wave of British heavy metal, like keeping that spirit alive. But I think that's fucking wrong. It's just bang. It's just not right. It's, it's they're trying to tether themselves to a sound that then, which is more of a nostalgia trip than it is an actual. It's more of a vibe than it is a sound. And I think if you if you want to really drill down on it, I think it's more of a new new wave of British heavy metal than it is the new wave of British heavy metal. It sounds too new school for it. Um, and I don't think they're doing themselves justice for tethering them for, for, for trying to market themselves that way. It's too innovative. It's too new, and it is too refreshing to to be burned with that. So um, these guys formed in Leeds in two thousand. I want to say fifteen. Um, we've got two albums, if I recall. Yeah, so two albums: Night of the Rebellion in two thousand seventeen, and uh, Second to None in two thousand nineteen, and one more that's going to come out soon, I believe. I don't know when. 
Um, in there, they've got some singles and EPs. Um, they've had. I'm not going to say they've had singer troubles because it's not. It's a bit too. It's not. It, it, it feels too contentious. A thing to claim, but they've had like three singers in that time. And from what I can gather, there's a singer per album. Now they've got a new singer for this new album. So there's. I don't know if that's by design, and they're really just like guitar people or songwriter people who just like fuck it. Let's have a, a different singer each time, or at least let's just not t- worry too much about continuity of the lineup. But that seems to be the, the the case in terms of like everyone else has been static since the start of the band, and this thing has changed every fucking time. Not that it matters. They all sound approximately the same in delivering that kind of power metal alto. Um, but yeah. Is I think it's shit up. And how do I vibe this? It's kind of like it's pro power metal. I think it leans it leans a bit more on the prog side. I'm sensing like some faith no more sensibilities in there a lot of the time in terms of like the breaks and in terms of the way the structure of the songs. But they leave a lot of the fat in until the second album. The second album is when they start maybe refining it a little bit more. Mm. And I quite it's a trajectory I'm very interested in I think that's why I can't shake them because I'm like this is going to end up sounding super interesting as we go along and the I don't know who it is right and maybe I should have done better research there's a the guy who runs their social media basically just kind of shred videos so when he writes a solo he like record a 200 video and send it out to the world and it is like it is really good work it's proper ambassador for the instrument level kind of output um I, I, I'm, it's, and the band as a vehicle for that is interesting as well. But at the same time, they are refining their sound and making the songs sound a little bit more um, refined. It's, it's just, it's, it's a weird fucking little log plume that I'm on with this band. <laughs> uh, my my thoughts on them were they are the musical equivalent of the TV series Cobra Kai. It's very, very 80s, but it's doing its own thing and it's taking you on a different story, but it's going, hey, look at this stuff you remember. Look at our dual guitars going, and stuff, but it's not going, oh, we're trying to redo this. It's like, let's do something new with the source material. Their their 80s angle is aesthetics only. It's not in the music. I don't believe it's in the music. It's in the guitar thing. It's it's in the band photos. It's in. They always put like a a grainy film grade of every video they do. Um, but everything else is purely like twenty first century innovative stuff. Yeah, like Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'd actually disagree with you on the sound. I would say it's actually exactly new wave of British heavy metal wow. with, mo- with modern <laughs> uh, production values. I think that's the only thing that's different is they're using better production values than a lot of, you know, certainly like the early Iron Maiden. I got so many Iron Maiden vibes yeah. with, with power, more kind of power metal vocals. So obviously Bruce is classically trained, but he's operatic trained and it's different from a power metal style, mm-hmm. even though they have some elements in there. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see a kind of prog side of it, uh, certainly with the, the way the tracks are a bit longer so there's that extra time to do a bit more you know guitar wankery or you know what, whatever you want to call it on technical terms yeah. <laughs> it is the I, technical I, term yeah we have, I've used that for a long time and I don't think mm-hmm. I'm stop we all know what it means it's fine yeah but yeah I, I'd say they were exactly I mean it, right now we're getting the new wave of classic rock that's coming through from a lot of it from Australia, some from the UK, some from the States. 
I think what they're doing is actually going to be the next thing after that as that circle kind of keeps coming back around. That's interesting. And I think that they'll, they could end up doing something pr- pretty well out of it because they kind of started setting themselves there already. Yep. And it's... I, I can see why you've said what you've said about them, but I can also see why they class themselves as new wave of British heavy metal. That's so, that's so interesting to me. I do not get that at all. But yeah, it's so it's, cool that you see it that way. Because I'm, I'm clearly like at a completely different angle than they are, yeah. than you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's as I said, I, I just see the production is different because all you know, made like Divine Maiden to not really want to overdo the, those comparisons because they're not a, a like for like were made by any stretch. No. They don't use the same kind of production values that they. It's almost like they kind of enhance it for a full surround sound instead of that. Mm. It, there's something different to the depth of the way that they do it, which I think kind of separates mm-hmm. slightly what they're doing from the likes of Maiden or any of the other new wave of British heavy metal bands. Mm. But there's still so much there that I think is at the core of the music that came directly from there that I think mm. I would still put them in with that same kind of sound. That's so cool. Yeah, I, th- I think Jim had it right with it them being like on a trajectory though, because there's still quite a lot of variety in the sound. Mm-hmm. So it's like they still haven't quite settled on what their absolute mm-hmm. core sound is. So I think you know they're going to continue building on that, and then maybe give it another album. They'll really settle on <clears throat> exactly what it is that they want to sound like, and they'll take that and they'll drive it forward. Um, massive amount of potential there, but sort of a, a bit of an aside which i thought was really funny so i did a <clears throat> did a bit of research on dream trial and i i did discover this quote which which we're all definitely appreciate i think you all will as well and it simply said dream trial are black sabbath fans not neo-nazis <laughs> <laughs> so they dig into the story this comes about because they had um a, a labor mp called richard bergen doing a, a guest appearance on one of their albums doing some spoken word stuff band, yeah um, and obviously they released their their album and on the cover they'd ripped off the Sabbath We Sold Our Souls um, album cover mm-hmm. so you had the two sort of exaggerated runic S's on there and I think it was the son picked it up and then started ripping into him saying like you know obviously a Nazi supporter and all this shit and he had, he had to, I think he took the son to court in the end for that but yeah, I, I just thought it was fucking hilarious just that one quote like if you were to like publicize your band, you would put that quote on everything, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like the sun to lie, is it? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sure they're far too busy hacking dead kids' phones. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry, go on, Johnny. I was going to say, just, just taking it back to the music there, like, it, I, I found it seriously fucking catchy. Yeah, like each, each of those songs has bounced around my head while I've been at work during the day. Like, was it Chrome Skull Viper? Just <laughs> keeps, yeah. yeah. Like, it, like just that vocal hook is like on repeat in my head. It's even doing it now as we're talking. Um, but no, I, I think uh, Steel Winged Warrior. It's like they've got a hat of cliches and they pick out three words and like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's the power metal song generator, isn't it? You know, yeah. which we Steel all Warrior as well. Was that one of the ones on there? <laughs> Steel Winged Warrior, yeah. Steel Winged Warrior, that was it. 
I think there's a lot of it is just like it's so potent, it's so fertile, we don't know where it's going to go because it's, they've got it. They've got to fucking land it somewhere. You talking about bands there, Jim. Yeah, go on, man. Uh, like I said, I think if they're still doing it in probably three-ish years' time, something similar at least anyway, because if, if a band's not kind of tweaking the sound per album, they're just going to end up stagnating, really, unless in ACDC. Because yeah. <laughs> like, there's very, very few bands that are going to kind of do anything up if they don't keep kind of altering slightly as they go. But I think is if they stay fairly true to where they are now, they do have that chance when that wheel comes round round to the uh, new wave of British heavy metal sound again. Interesting um, point on the on like marketing and things like that. So it's all their shit looks good because the Dream Troll logo is very that is like very new wave of British heavy metal. It's just fucking umlauts and fucking Spinal Tap font pretty much. <laughs> no vinyl. A lot of bands invest in the vinyl. They print off the the hundred of them and then they sort of chip away them over the few years. None of that here. I think it's very much low risk, low yield. So we got badges and we got fucking masks and we got beer mats and tapes and CDs sometimes, but we haven't got vinyl. Could be because they're not signed and because there's no investment in that side, or it just could be because it's just way, just the way they want to do it. I don't know, but mm. I think if I'm going to do my budget tonight, and if I have eight pounds, I'm going to get a t-shirt. <laughs> so, was, does the logo fit your standards you, you what mate does the logo fit your exacting standards yeah it's minimalist enough yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with them being independent I can see why because I know that vinyl runs are not cheap mm. and they'll be a lot more expensive than tapes and certainly a lot more expensive than CDs so yeah. I, I can 100% understand why they haven't but I think if they kind of pushed on a bit more, they might be in a position to then turn around and reinvest so they can actually go back and go, okay, here's our first three albums all on vinyl now to say, you know, a limited run on each. They're clearly perfectionists in terms of the production side. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it, it feels viable. Let's just see where it all happened. Uh, producer mixing, Matt Baldwinson. Um... Who's also the base of oh, yeah former bassist? Oh no, he, he he is. He does the guitars. He used to be the bassist. Oh, so you you are you are right. So it's all done in house. Yeah, right. That'll that'll be the guy that's giving me all the fucking guitar porn on Twitter then. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two guitarists, so it could be either or. Yeah, I mean, I'm just making presumptions because if he's the one that's mixing it and produced it, it'll be his Ableton account that done it all on. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think that's that's interesting and. When they say label independent, is that to say that they've put their own stuff out on their own label, or is that them yeah. not actually having anything? Or is it no, unsigned? Un, un, unsigned, independent, the same thing. Yeah, it, it. It, it just means that they've self-released. Mate, we should just like, let's all put in 25 quid and form a label called Cryptic Offerings. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Weirdly, weirdly enough, I actually kind of have had in mind to start something for a, a few years, to the point right. of I actually started getting the paperwork done. Nice. I mean, can I just throw money at you through the screen now, or do we sort that out after this? Because <laughs> well, I'm on board for that. It, it's weird because you could pick up a band like that and easily kind of get on board quite early, like this kind of mm. time, and go. I'll tell you what, I'll get, I'll have your albums remastered to go onto vinyl, and you kind of sort it out so you get your money back first. You, mm. I mean, first way of doing it. If so, if someone's going to 
can take the risk on them. You, you pay the money up front, you get your money back, and then say a 50 50 split or you know, whatever, because it, it's you taking the risk with your money. Mm. But then the band have obviously paid out in advance to kind of have the recordings done, and they've also done the rehearsals, created music, yeah. so mm. whatever kind of split. But I think there's definitely potential for a label to kind of start off and kind of work along those lines. I know there's, well, there's a couple I know that operate with different genres than this that uh, work along those kind of lines and certainly doing okay for themselves at the minute. Mm. I think um, if you got, you need a label with a strong PR arm and 10 grand to burn. That's the only two things you need to get this band signed and actually pushed properly. That's uh, you, all. you wouldn't even need 10 grand. <laughs> no, well, if you want to do the vinyl run, I mean, sensibly, and do the the whole um, what's the fucking word? Oh, I fucking can't think of it. It doesn't matter. But point being, I, I agree with what you're saying in terms of like it's an open goal at this point. But one thing I don't know is is this a bedroom band or is this a touring band? Because I'm not sure these guys tour. I think they've played. I've seen them on some lineups because I think they've done. Oh, what, oh, God, what was that band called with the bloody trebuchet? Oh, um, Sellsword. Sellsword. I think they've done a gig with Sellsword. Yeah, but that's not touring. It, it is. They've played with Sellsword. They've gone to York. That's touring, isn't it? They've gone to York. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it the classic Yorkshire tour? <laughs> yeah, classic Yorkshire tour. Don't go anywhere bloody else. <laughs> yeah. Up and gold, this one. They'll be signed All by right. the time we next do another one, one of these. Cool, yeah. So that's also be by us at this right? Yeah. <laughs> so we've done all four bands then. So I reckon, I reckon we should leave it there. Yeah, that's a tidy, tidy hour, isn't it? But tidy hour. We've had some ups, we've had some downs, we've had some disagreements. We've, we've seen Justin's plans for musical global conquest. So yes, yeah, it's all good. The only question is, what are we replacing your um, your head with? I've, I've got. An, I want to put Benny in from the Mummy. You could put Benny from the Mummy in, yeah. Can we, okay. can we put Benny Hill in instead? <laughs> like I said, I'll construct my avatar for the next one. I've got a month to do it, so, you know, I, I should be able to bash something together by then. Out of so it'll be ready for episode sticks. four, then? Yeah, for, with sticks or and the rest tea. of it. Or tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still listening to last month's bands now. It's like, what, what, fall on half? What, what, remember them? What? <laughs> um, video nasties are at Bloodstock. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be good. I mean, in fairness, Dave, I'd be surprised if we weren't listening to Forlorn Hope, seeing as you brought them last time. <laughs> <laughs> Double plug. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, social media. Um, Oberock people, you can go first with your stuff. Go on, big man. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, go on, then, yeah. So, our website is uh, rockcouk um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and also on Instagram and uh, Uber Rock Kicks Ass. Um, and you can find me, if you really want to, as uh, <laughs> Jaybear Jazzmaster is my uh, Instagram handle, if, you, if you're really keen. Um, sometimes post a lot of my music review work on there. And Hawaiian shirts. And lots of Hawaiian shirts. I can be found at DJ Astro Creep on both Instagram and Twitter, albeit I'm not very active on Instagram. Because that involves me being social. Who the fuck wants to do that right now? <laughs> Jim, take him away with us. Um, Temple of Blair, 
Just to Google Temple of Blair. I'll Google fucking come to the market. <laughs> Just Google Temple of Blair. Um, Google Temple of Blair. Scan down about five things, and then you might find something related to us. That's nah, you'll find it. I've cornered the market. I nailed it. But uh, <laughs> if you watch my dog shit Roadrunner documentary. That's what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> On the YouTubes. But no, if, if, you, if you're desperate, just Google it. You'll find us. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, if desperate. <laughs> so I'll end it the way I always end these things by saying that's Blair Fennet. <laughs> <laughs> just in Melbourne. Fantastic. Best pun in the world. Best, best thing in the world. Yeah. We all grew up and that's how for now, so that's Blair Fennet. It's good. It's good. Now I have to explain it. You've kind of ruined the potency of it. <laughs> It's going to take you another 12 weeks to build it up again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we actually need to change the of Fred Dynage or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's outro music playing over this, Jim. That's what, that's what, that's what this bit is, you know. Yep. <laughs> outro, done. It's all fine. Well, the camera's panning out <laughs> yeah. while we're all just yeah. waving or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've got all the how-to team being held hostage, like, smartly about... <laughs> I believe it wasn't the team, it was the families of the team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how else did he keep Carol Vorderman in one place for that first time? <laughs> <laughs> Did Carol Vorderman ever multiply? <laughs> <laughs>